Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply disappointments as hard as they are give us an opportunity to cling to jesus like he is all we have am i going to choose to serve god wholeheartedly right where he has me even if life never changes god does have a unique story for each one of us and it's a path that he calls us to walk the mountains and the valleys disappointment doesn't have to ruin your life dear young married couple You know, none of us really plan on facing disappointment in our life because we have a plan. We see our life going in one direction, and when it doesn't happen, it's very easy to get discouraged. So this podcast is all about what to do when you're facing disappointment. And we interviewed Kristen and Bethany from Girl Defined. And if you've been listening to our podcast for any time, you know that they have incredible stories to share and they give you practical steps to take when you're facing disappointment. And while they share those practical steps in this interview, they share little pieces of their own story. And you know, you might be looking at this title thinking, oh, this is like kind of a dark or heavy subject, but I'll tell you, you will leave this episode feeling very encouraged. They share so many practical steps, but encouragement is a part of each of those steps. Yes. So listen up and maybe sit back and look at your life. What season are you in? And I'm sure you're going to find some encouragement here. Welcome, Kristen and Bethany to the podcast. We're so happy to have you guys back with us today. You guys have been on the podcast several times and always have such incredible stuff to share with our audience. So thanks for being back on, ladies. Welcome, guys. Oh, absolutely. We love it. I mean, y'all talk about our favorite topic, like love, romance, marriage, yes. relationships. <laughs> right? So it's like, yes, when we get to talk to y'all, it's just, you it's know, a, it's Aww. a good day. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. Uh, Well, um, for those who don't know, I have been a fan of Girl Defined for a long time. So if you've been listening to the podcast, you already know that. Um, But if you're new to the podcast, you should go back and listen to some prior episodes we've had with Kristen alone, Bethany alone, with them together um, about different books that they've put out about their stories. And they'll share bits and pieces of their story today, I'm sure, because today we're talking about not part of the plan. When you face disappointment, what do you do? That's what we're covering today. Yeah. I mean, because nobody plans for being disappointed. Right. It's true. I think, but everybody goes through life and does face disappointment. And we could all probably bring back to mind people that have faced this disappointment and didn't go through it very well. Mm. And then, of course, people have gone through it well. So it's special to have you guys reflecting on your own journeys and, yeah, sharing with us, okay, what were your steps? What were, what, did you guys mm-hmm. do to mm-hmm. help you get through a disappointing time? Because it's not always clear when you're in the midst of it. Right. What to do. Yeah. yeah. 
So mm-hmm. maybe before we jump into what you did do to, um, you know, face disappointment well, let's start with what are some things that you see that go wrong when people face disappointment and they don't navigate those forks in the road very well? Um, wh- what are some what are some mistakes that people make in their thinking or their approach? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know for me, just my disappointment of 10 years and counting of just walking through infertility, not expecting that, not anticipating that. And then walking through three miscarriages, um, two that were kind of back to back. And then one that was five years later, very unexpected, very disappointing. And I think for as believers, our tendency in those moments of disappointment, I know for me is to turn away from God yeah. and mm-hmm. to find quick fixes that soothe my pain. So whether that's little, simple, innocent things like the ice cream carton in the you know closet, mm-hmm. um, you know, downing Coca-Cola to more extreme, like alcohol or drug abuse, or, yeah. um, you know, just wanting to entertain yourself to death because you don't want to feel the pain yeah. of the emotions you're trying to escape. I know for yeah. me, there were, there were temptations in that direction to want to escape the pain I was feeling and rat and turn away from God rather than acknowledging God and bringing God into my pain and being mm-hmm. honest with him. Like we see David in the yeah. Psalms over and over again lots of emotions, lots of trials he was facing and he wouldn't run away from God, right? We see him crying out to God in the midst of his pain and being honest, like, God, where are you? But then over and over again, we see him reminding his own heart, you know, but this I call to mind, this Mm. I remember. Um, Great is the Lord. Um, Mm. You know, he's, he is the one to be praised. He is good. And so that is a mistake I think we can often make is turning away from the Lord in the midst of our disappointments. Yeah. You know, I've seen, I've seen disappointment also really destroy relationships. And Kristen and I had a huge opportunity where this could have happened. And we actually talk all about this um, in not part of the plan. You know, Kristen, like she shared, went through is Mm -hmm. on the journey of 10 years of infertility. I got married at 30. So I, you know, I didn't you know, I wasn't even really like thinking about pregnancy. I was just like, maybe I'll find a man like that'd be nice, you know, <laughs> but I did end up marrying, meeting and marrying my husband, Dave. And about seven months later, we found out we were pregnant and I found out I was pregnant just a few weeks yeah. after Kristen had gone through her third miscarriage. I think like a week, it was like a week wow. after it was very close together. And yeah. so being very close sisters, you know, having written many books together, running a ministry together, being only a year and a half apart in age. Um, that was a very hard season of yeah. one sister going mm-hmm. through extreme disappointment, extreme struggle, a really low point, while the other sister is now me getting this blessing and this like, wow, this this baby that Kristen has mm-hmm. so desired. And so right. walking through that at, as sisters was hard. And it was that very, um, you know, real life example of what scripture talks about, like rejoice with those who rejoice yeah. and weep with those who weep. And it's amazing to say, and it's all by God's grace that we have made it through in our mm-hmm. close to each other, you know, wow. like he's my son, Davey is like, you're her, you know, you're his favorite. Like he, he loves me <laughs> and KK so much. They have such Aww. a special relationship, but I've heard, you know, and this isn't to say, oh, you need to do things differently to the woman who's struggling and saying, mm-hmm. but this is really hard. But just to say that there is hope when we do things God's way, when we see that we can, re- yeah. you know, rejoice with the story he has for someone else while also weeping, that relationships can get closer. Mm. They can get better. They can get stronger. Um, and, you know, you don't have to become bitter and draw a part. You don't have to, when you see yeah. that, that really good friend or that sister walk into the room with that thing you want, you don't have to leave and run away and say, mm-hmm. I can't even be around that person anymore. I mean, right. you know, this was hard. It was a hard journey, but it's amazing to see that disappointment doesn't have to ruin your life. It 
doesn't have to make you bitter. It doesn't have to destroy your relationships. If you're willing to press into your relationship with Christ and allow his truth and his wisdom and his grace to flow through you, you can actually come out and say, wow, we made it through this. That was hard. It was a valley, Mm -hmm. but look at us. We're able to rejoice and weep together because it's God's grace, you know, that allows us to do that. That's beautiful. I love it. That is really good. Love hearing the power of a testimony like that. How did, so you kind of hit on it or you did hit on it, but I'm, I'm still curious. Okay. So you guys have a fantastic relationship. Of course, all sisters have their difficulties. (laughs) <laughs> or siblings, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just speak for me. I'll speak for me. Um, but like, okay, so, you know, you guys are just trucking along, doing your thing, helping lots of people. And then this thing happens, right? Like it, this change in your relationship. Mm-hmm. How did you guys like navigate those first, like probably like first couple of weeks of like, okay, now how do I look her in the eyes? Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. what, what, what do you do in that moment where you're facing your frustration, your sadness, your happiness? You know, like yeah. what were those emotions that you guys were feeling that you had to work through and how did you do, how did you do that? Yeah. Yeah, there were lots of tears. Yes. The heart I remember the moment Bethany told me that she was pregnant. Um, we're, we have a very open relationship. So I'm, we're like always asking each other like, oh, are you pregnant yes. and different things. And so, you know, we were walking, we were, it was a work day and we like to take walks around my neighborhood. We work out of my house a lot. And so we were on a walk and I just kind of casually threw it out there. Like, you know, any news, are you pregnant? And she was like, actually, yes. And then just started crying. And it was so hard for her in that moment to even share the news with me because of the miscarriage that I had just walked through. Um, And it was the hardest by far of my three miscarriages. I was much further along. It seemed much more hopeful. I was so optimistic things were going to work out. And then it just all kind of came crashing down right before I hit um, the 12 month mark, which is like a mark, 12, 12, 12 month, 12 week mark, which is a huge milestone, especially for me. I had never made it past like seven weeks. And so Um, It was just really hard. And then to see her um, just sharing, saying yes to this really great news, this blessing, um, but in tears and just telling me like, you know, I would have never timed it this way. I'm so sorry. And I'm like, this is just such a mix of emotions and the weeping and rejoicing, like, and then in my heart, like I, I knew God had taught me enough through this, you know, at this point, it was probably eight years into my journey of infertility and miscarriage um, to really recognize that God does have a unique story for each one of us. And it's a path that he calls us to walk the mountains and the valleys ultimately for his glory. Um, And I had, so I'd been learning this lesson that I'm not going to find my contentment by looking to the left and right and changing something about somebody else's life, Mm -hmm. whether taking away Mm -hmm. their joy, um, whatever it is, I can only find contentment by faithfully walking the path God has set before me and fixing my eyes on him. And so I'd been learning this lesson, not to say it wasn't still so hard and so emotional. And there were definitely things I wrestled with in my heart. Like God, I think for me, not even so much like, why would you give her this pregnancy and not me? It was like the timing of it all. Like, sure. Lord, could you not have been a little more merciful in the timing? It just felt like sharp knives. Mm-hmm. I think for both of us, um, she's wanting to grieve well with me. I'm wanting to rejoice well with her. Yeah. And there's just this hard yeah. tension and clash. And so, yeah, the weeks following first few weeks, I think were hard. And we were both trying to figure out how to do that well. And, you know, I'm sure we didn't do it perfectly, but just leaning into that truth that God is like, he is God. We are not, he has his storyline mm-hmm. for each of us. Um, when we trust him for the story, the good and the bad, trusting that he's going to work through it for his 
his good, uh, mm. for our good and his glory, then there is hope in that. And I feel like that is what kind of anchored each of us mm. and us having that perspective as sisters, um, I think allowed us to lean in rather than pull apart to recognize God's story for each of us. And yeah. um, we were able to kind of unite around that and really support each other. That's good. Yeah. I mean, we, I would say that something that was helpful during that process was for each of us to have people that we could go to to process and talk about it because we're each going through such different things. And so I think that, you know, me being able to process my emotions and what I'm going through with a really good, uh, other, like a woman who can understand that whole process was very helpful. And that being someone different than Mm -hmm. Kristen, because it's very hard for me to express like, well, I'm just, I'm feeling so bad and all of this stuff when she's like, well, why would you feel bad? at all, you know? And so, and then for her to have other godly women, she could go to, to get counsel from and just encouragement and prayer that Mm. was extremely helpful. So we both had our, our people we could go to, to get that encouragement. Um, Mm. and you know, honestly, this sounds crazy, but for us writing, not part of the plan was almost, I don't know, like therapeutic on being able to take a deep dive into what does it mean to trust God and and processing those emotions. I mean, that was the first time you had really like written out in detail what you were feeling and what you were thinking. And I even learned new things about what you were feeling and thinking by reading the chapters in the book that you wrote about your journey. And so that was very interesting, even as time went by for us to continue to talk about this and process it, um, you know, as sisters and it does take time. You don't have to healing takes time. Grief takes time. Um, It's very ongoing. So giving each other that space and just having a lot of compassion and mercy and recognizing like, okay, if someone's acting like frustrated or stressed or whatever, there's just a lot more going on. So just try to Mm. offer a lot of grace. Um, I think that's something I wished I would have done more because I just didn't fully understand. Um, But as the years have gone on now, just learning more, like let's just offer a lot of compassion Mm. and grace because it's a lot to to navigate and relationships are complicated on a good day. So right, um, (laughs) (laughs) that's good. Totally. Kristen, I I had a question for you. As a counselor, I know the power of writing something down. Mm. Um, for for a writer like yourself, um, what was it like to write your story down but see the pieces come together in a way that you, maybe you didn't experience in an experiential way until mm. you put pen to paper? Like, what was that um, like for you? I enjoy writing. So I enjoyed being able to write down and it was like processing it all again, but a little bit detached from the, the painful emotions of the moment, right? Like there was still painful emotions, even in writing. And like you were saying things that you didn't know I was wrestling with or struggling with. I'm like, I wanted to be really honest. We both did. Um, and not even shy away from sharing really how we were feeling at some points. And so for me being a little bit detached from that initial experience and moment of pain, um, looking back on it, reflecting on it and writing about it. I think it really did help me process. And I think even through it, as I was writing my story while also digging into scripture, Mm -hmm. um, digging into the word, digging into resources and studying as I'm writing the book, that was also helping to heal my heart in new ways and helping to draw me closer to the Lord um, even more so than the first go around. Mm -hmm. So it was really helpful. And I'm so glad that we decided to write the book. And then, you know, more unexpected twists and turns happened even as the book was being published and beyond. And so we're like, okay, Lord, it is for all of us disappointment. It's not yeah. a one and done. It's going to yeah. continue on. Um, yeah. But I think that could be helpful for 
anyone who's looking back and they might feel like, did I fully process that? Did I really Mm -hmm. work through that? Did I really pursue the Lord? Like I wanted to, it's not too late to do that, Mm -hmm. to journal, to write, to dig into scripture, um, write your own prayers to the Lord. We wrote prayers at the end of every chapter, um, every chapter, whether we're talking about emotions or worry and anxiety or trusting God or Mm -hmm. facing disappointment, um, weeping and rejoicing at the same time, we would include a written prayer. Um, and that's something I think anyone could do on their own, just writing out their prayers to the Lord can be really healing for sure. It really is. So speaking of the book in the chapter about disappointments, you guys lay out four steps that people can take when they face disappointment Four stances that they can take. Mm -hmm. Talk to us, walk us through those steps, if you will, and and any bits and pieces of your stories. I know we've talked a bit about Kristen's story. I know, Bethany, you have some disappointments that you share in the book too. So um, talk to us about step one. Yeah. So step one is to humbly submit to God's story for your life. And, you know, Kristen and I, as sisters, we talk about this. We always thought life would happen kind of like back to back to back. She's a year and a half older than me. So it was like, okay, she'll go through that. Then I'll go through it. You know, she'll graduate high school. I'll graduate high school. She'll meet someone. Then I'll meet someone. She'll get married. I'll get married. She'll the have good kids, stuff. Have kids, all the, the good, good stuff, stuff, you know, <laughs> like all, all the bad stuff. No. Right. So <laughs> right. I remember, you know, we, Kristen got engaged. We were shopping for a wedding dress for her. And I was thinking, okay, my story, my engagement will probably come next. I'm totally single, but of course he's around the corner. You know, of course, Prince Charming is right there. So I did actually open up, not part of the plan with this. I did a very um, random thing. And (laughs) your listeners probably think I'm really weird at this point, but basically Kristen was shopping for a wedding dress and we go into this shop and we lay eyes on what I thought was everyone's dream dress, but apparently it wasn't her dream dress. It was just my dream wedding dress. So I am again, totally single. I'm in my early twenties and it's just the kind of relationship we have. Kristen's like, well, why don't you try it on? And oh my goodness. People be, you know, the, the whole shop is just like, okay, but she's engaged. What is now this girl doing? Trying to, okay, whatever. So I'm, I'm like, um, ma'am, can I get another change of room for my sister? She's like, okay. <laughs> what? So I, I do, I go and try this dress on and Kristen's now like in the audience section. I come out and everyone erupts in cheers and they're like, oh my you're, word. you're such a bride. And I'm single, you know, or my mom's there, all the sisters are there. So then, you know, they do the final touches. You have to get the veil. Yes. You have to oh, get the accessories. My goodness. And they start putting them on me. I literally have pictures from this moment. <laughs> and, you know, I decide as crazy as I am, I'm like, if I don't get this dress, it will be gone when I get married one day. And just assuming I'll probably meet Prince Charming and get married shortly because that's what God's story is going to be for Obviously. me. Mm, yeah. The absolute craziest thing. And I literally buy the dress. You bought and the it dress. Was very, it was expensive. It cost over a thousand dollars. And I'm like oh single, you know, working hard, but I'm like, I have to get this dress. But literally, <laughs> I just thought like, I have this plan for my life. And of course, God is going to bless that. And he is going to write my story exactly the way that I want. And I was not, <laughs> I can tell you, wait, can I say the funniest part though? Oh, when we're, so I don't buy a wedding dress at this shop. <laughs> I didn't find one, but Bethany finds one. So as we're checking out, it's like customary for them to ask when your wedding date yes. is, because they want uh-huh. to know, they want to make sure they can order the dress and get it tailored and all that in time. Uh-huh. So Bethany's checking out and the lady's like, so when is your big day, dear? (laughs) Waiting, like, what is she going to say? And Bethany says, oh, I'm still working on that. (laughs) 
like okay that's the it, best it was the most oh random word. it totally fits my personality I am like so like random and like spur of the moment don't need to have things in order Kristen and I are opposite in that way she's very organized so running a ministry together has been interesting I'm like let's go and she's like let's think I'm like no who needs to think you know and so oh, that's how it went though she ended up finding a beautiful dress but I, I will Later. give the, the punchline away I got married 10 years after that moment that dress it was very it was like poofy very full cinderella dress it sat in the back of my closet collecting dust for <laughs> 10 years and it became this reminder to me of like okay i had this plan mm. and this is not the plan that god had for me and so yeah. i'll give you the punchline of you know i did end up getting engaged and when i got engaged it was you know 2018, very different than the time that I had bought this previous dress. <laughs> and I just couldn't imagine walking down the aisle to my husband, Dave, in that dress. So I got a different dress. So now <laughs> and I still own that other dress. So I literally oh have two goodness. wedding dresses to my name. That is hilarious. And now I can't get rid of it because it's part of the book. I, it's going to be yeah. like a speaking prop one day. Yeah. It's just It huge. will it's be my, for sure. It's at my parents' house. So I'm like, it's not to, you know, the really oh, that is so fun. So, so what did humbly submitting to the plan yeah. look like for you after you know, that year and a half, couple years came and Prince Charming wasn't right around the corner. What did that look like practically? Practically, it was this, I remember so many moments where I was sitting in my bed and I would just like pull my knees, you know, up and I would just start crying, whether it was a holiday or, you Mm. know, Kristen was like, oh, I'm going on a date after work. And I'm like, I'm going home to my dog. Cool. Mm -hmm. You know? (laughs) Um, And so it was just this coming, really this, this praying and, and really God convicting my heart to say, Bethany, what are you living for? Like, are you living for your life to go exactly the way that you want? Are you holding the pen to your story and saying, God, this is how my life has to go? Or are you willing to open up your hands and surrender? You know, my fists were clenched. Like if you think about your Mm -hmm. own life, like are your hands clenched and you hold your story and you're like, God, my life Mm -hmm. must go exactly the way that I want. Or are you really like Jesus who came and said, not my will, but God's Mm -hmm. will be done. He was about Mm -hmm. humbly submitting, even going through the most excruciating, painful death. He was willing to do it because he wanted to fulfill the will of his father. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I would think, okay, am I here to do God's will, to live for him? I mean, nowhere in scripture, it says that we are guaranteed marriage. Nowhere in scripture, it says you have to be married to fully live and thrive and honor God. Mm -hmm. And so it came to this point of just asking myself, like, you know, what, what do I think in my life is all about? Do I think my life is about my own plan or do I think my life is about living for God, knowing him and telling others about him? I can do that. No matter my circumstances, I can do that in any season of life. That was a hard process. It was regularly, you know, opening up those hands and saying, God, I surrender again to you today, again, today, again, today, the wedding dress is looking at me. I'm not getting married. I'm surrendering that again to you today. You know, humbly submitting God's story for your life is saying, God, I want your will, not my own. Your will be done, not mm-hmm. mine. And, and just, you know, even reflecting on Jesus' life in the gospel and saying, that's exactly what our Savior did. And we have the power of the Holy Spirit to strengthen us to live that way. We don't have the strength in and of ourselves. So I just encourage you as you're listening, what is that thing in your life that you're holding with a clenched vest, fist, whether it's wanting to have a child or getting married or something else um, and say, God, I'm going to open up my hands and humbly submit this to you because not my will, but yours be done. This is hard. Give me strength. And I'm going to do this again tomorrow and the next day and the next day. Um, And ultimately, isn't that what we want? Don't we want God's story for our life? Don't we want to live for him? Don't we want him to write the story for our life? It is so much better, but it's hard. So it's not a one-time thing. It's something I still have to do on a regular basis. Um, And I think that's what it looks like. It's those little moments of choosing to humbly submit day after day, moment after moment. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's those moments. I, I like how you use the word choose because um, I think what we we think, okay, our story, how we see it, this is what brings us happiness. Mm-hmm. This is what brings us what we want, really. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? And it's a neg- really we're neglecting if if this really is true if mm-hmm. what the bible says is what gives us fulfillment and happiness in the end it's kind of a reluctance to believe mm-hmm. yeah. so yeah. it's coming back and like you said choosing and saying this is what i'm going to choose yeah. to believe in this moment even though it doesn't feel like this mm-hmm. oh, yeah i like i really like that so mm-hmm. good so how about step number uh, step number two how about number mm-hmm. two? Like what would be the next thing that someone would do? Cause that's a, that's a difficult yeah. step in and of itself. What would be the next thing? We'll be right back to the interview, but first we wanted to share something that we are really excited about. So, you know, we all have those times where we don't feel super connected to our spouse and we really don't know what conversations to have to get us to that connected place. And then on top of that, we're so busy that we don't prioritize those conversations. And that's why we created the monthly live date night. And monthly live date night is every month on a Friday night for 90 minutes, 60 minutes. We focus on a topic that uh, you guys pick and then 30 minutes we do a QA and a and it's live where we're all together asking questions and giving answers on topics related to your marriage, your intimacy. And we share tools. Uh, We have handouts that we call homework because we want you to be there to listen and to soak in. But we really want you to take action in your marriage too. So come join us live for the next monthly live date night. Check the link in the show notes for dates and details. All right. Back to the interview. Yeah. So just to review, because I know I need a review. Number one was humbly submit to God's story for your life. And then number two is trust that God's plan is for your Mm, good. mm -hmm. So, you know, it can be one thing to say, okay, Lord, I submit, but we're kind of like, I submit to your plan, but is it really good? I don't know. I don't feel Mm. like it's that good because these hard things don't feel really good. And I literally remember on my wedding day after the like the the main ceremony, leaving the reception, driving away with my husband, thinking that life was perfect. Mm. I just remember thinking I've married. I'm marrying this amazing, godly man that I prayed for for all these years. We have wonderful families surrounding us. They all live in town. They're all believers. Like what amazing support we have this great future ahead of us. You know, my husband has a great job. We're financially stable. Like we're going to go on this amazing honeymoon. I remember thinking, you know, like my life is perfect. What could possibly go wrong? Nothing's going to go wrong. (laughs) And I think naively, I took that mindset into Mm. my marriage and I had no idea, you know, we come from a big family. There are eight kids. We joke that our mom is like a birthing pro. So I'm thinking like (laughs) the last issue I'm going to have is like infertility, like absolutely Mm. not. And so I go into my marriage, just whimsical, like, woo, thinking everything's great. And then, you know, we're not, we weren't necessarily trying to have kids right away. Um, but we were open to whatever God wanted. I remember thinking I'm so surrendered. I'm just trusting (laughs) with his timing. Like, wow, little did I know what he was really going to call me to surrender. Um, but I'm thinking, yes, Lord, whenever you just want to bless us with those children, we are open. And then, you know, two years go by, nothing happens. And then right around our second year anniversary, I get pregnant. Um, and then that ends in miscarriage followed by six months later, getting pregnant again, that ends in miscarriage, which then sends us on a journey 
of, okay, what is wrong? Like back-to-back mm-hmm. miscarriages aren't normal. They're pretty like small percentage of women. So, you know, doctor visit after doctor visit, um, eventually getting diagnosed with unexplained infertility. They're telling us you both seem healthy. There's nothing like blaringly wrong. So we don't know what the problem is. Um, you know, here are your treatment options and that's about it. And wow, so we felt yeah. really discouraged and I think really shocked and just wondering in those moments, like, God, this plan isn't good. Mm. There's nothing good about this. What happened to that fairy tale dream? You know, I had when I was driving away from my reception, like, where did that go? Like that's in the rear room mirror. And so for us, it was year after year then of not getting pregnant and walking mm-hmm. that journey of infertility and wrestling and wondering what should we do? How do we see God's goodness in this? And something that we talk about in our book, not part of the plan and something that God really helped me learn mm-hmm. throughout what felt kind of like a season of drought, like a season yeah. of lack. And I just felt like, you know, I want to be fruitful, Lord. I'm trying to bear children to raise them up for your glory. And God really helped me see there are so many other ways that we can be fruitful. Mm-hmm. And it for me, it doesn't, as a woman, especially, it doesn't have to mean bearing biological children. I can yeah. pursue spiritual fruit as I mentor younger women, disciple women, um, serve in my local church. Like there's so mm-hmm. much fruit and life that can come from serving the Lord. But you know, for me, that wasn't the good life, right? Like that wasn't the good life. This in America, especially mm-hmm. we have this whole idea of like the good life, the white picket fence, the right. perfect family, everything goes well. And it was really a surrender of do I really trust that God is good, that his plan for me, even in these valleys, that he's working something bigger than I can mm. see. It's yep. not the good life I had imagined, but it is his good plan for me. Mm. Um, and you know, one of our favorite authors, Nancy DeMoss Wolgamuth says that anything that shows us our need for Christ is good. Mm. Anything mm. that draws us closer to Christ really is a blessing, even though it doesn't feel mm. like that in the moment. Mm. And for me, that was so true. And so I think my whole perspective of trusting that God's plan is good, I had to shift my perspective to rethink what is the good life. Yeah. And for me, yeah. it yeah. wasn't getting that white picket fence and the little children that looked exactly like me lined up, you know, with this perfect family. It was the good life was serving God faithfully, trusting him in the valleys, ministering to others, um, yep. pouring out and really trusting that his plan mm. was better than my own, that he is God and I am not. And one of kind of like the visuals we talk about in not part of the plan is this idea that um, when we look at our life, like when we evaluate our life, really, it's like we're looking through a straw, like a tiny straw opening. And all we can see is like a little vantage point, right? It's like, we can hardly see anything. We can see right. what's happened in the past and what's mm-hmm. happening right yeah. now in this moment. We can't see anything else. And yet we're the ones who are like, God, this isn't good. What are you doing? And God's like, you're looking through a straw and I see everything. The beginning from the end, your days are numbered. I planned when you would come into this earth, when you're going to leave, I have a plan and purpose for you. And it's much bigger than even you. And your ultimate job is to become more like me, to love others, to love God and to build my kingdom. Like that's where true satisfaction, like that's the good life according to God. And so for me, it really was that like recognition, that humility of God, you are God and I am not, I'm looking through a straw. Help me to trust you, to surrender and know that you are going to work good from this. Mm. I just don't quite see it Mm. right now in this pain. Um, And so looking back now, 11 years in, I see so much good that God's plan really is good. And I see good and fruit that he has brought from the pain, from the loss, um, even through the grief, just the ways I've been able to minister to other women walking through similar journeys. Um, And then of course, ultimately God leading us down the path of adoption and looking in the into the two precious faces of my 
boys adopted from Ukraine exactly one year ago that my husband and I never would have adopted. We never would have pursued the path. Like I know of international adoption if we had not gone on this journey of infertility and miscarriage and God redirecting our steps, showing us a different plan. um, And now having these two precious boys that I love to death. And I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm starting to see beautiful fruit, beautiful good coming out of this. Um, and so we can, we can trust God. He is a big and great God. His plans truly are good. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, I, so that's so good. I mean, <laughs> I'm saying it like we have to slow down to really define what good is. Yeah. That's what you're saying. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, we think good equals easy, mm-hmm. but yeah. maybe good equals something else entirely. Yes. Yeah. God's so plan, yeah. You could have saved those boys' life. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You like, Especially did. now looking yeah. back on, yeah, what's happening right. in Russia. It is. Exactly. It is, yeah. Exactly. Like you could have saved, and that's wow. good. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so beautiful. <laughs> I love so it. So beautiful. Okay. Step three. step three. Take us to step three. So step three is to serve God wholeheartedly right now. I mean, I think for most of us, when we are experiencing or facing disappointment, that becomes the defining moment in you know everything about us. And sometimes we even start to identify ourselves as that thing, you know, like for Kristen, I am the woman of, with infertility yeah. or for me as a single, mm. single woman, I am just the single woman. And I, I remember, you know, during my season of singleness, um, feeling like, okay, my life will really begin. And I can really begin serving God once this changes. And once I reach, you know, A, B, C, or D. And I know so many of us feel like that. If we're in the midst of disappointment, okay, God, I can really live for you. I can really serve you. I can really make an impact once Mm -hmm. this happens, you know, once I'm past this. And I know for me, it, you know, I just had to ask myself, like, what you know, it's, it's hard to face the reality of like, what if this never changes? You know, like we can take steps, you know, like when it comes to singleness, it's like, I mean, I put myself out there. I was very friendly. I was available, you know, like I am not friendly and available. And I'm I'm very tall. So people for sure know I'm there, you know, and Um, you're an influencer. Come on. Like, come on people. And so I, I just remember thinking like, okay, I can be faithful in trying to make myself available and trying to, you know, not hide in a corner, you know, and actually talk to guys, but outside of forcing a relationship to happen or settling, I knew ultimately like, wow, this is something that either God is going to make happen or he's not. Cause I literally felt like I was doing everything I could, you know, like I was very friendly and very available and at all the conferences and doing all the things, you know, <laughs> I hosted a lot of singles parties. I was just around. Um, and so I had to, you know, come face to face. Like, am I going to choose to serve God wholeheartedly right where he has me, even if life never changes, or am I going to put this on hold when this happens, when mm-hmm. this changes, when my circumstances change, then I'll serve God. And so I just had to come face to face with that. Like, okay, this is a disappointment. This isn't what I wanted. I don't want to be single, you know, like Mm -hmm. I want to be, I wanted to be married, but that's not happening. So Mm -hmm. am I willing to fulfill God's purpose for me, which is to live for him wholeheartedly right now? Or am I going to put that on hold? And, you know, there are no guarantees. We don't want to live in like the doom and gloom, but there are no guarantees that we'll be here tomorrow or next week or whenever. Like we are only guaranteed the moment that we have, you know? And so it's this choice of, 
am I going to live fully in this moment, in this day, in this community, in this family, wherever I am, or am I going to put all of that on hold when this changes? And both of us know, you know, there's always a next disappointment that comes. You know, I did end up getting married and I did end up having a sweet baby boy. But after that, my husband and I have gone through three miscarriages, you know? And so, you know, Kristen's gone through three miscarriages. Now I've gone through three miscarriages. And what am I going to do now? Am I going to put my life on hold and say, okay, God, I can serve you again once I get that next baby. Once I, you know, stop going through miscarriages, then I can serve you. It's something that if we live that way, there will always be a next thing. It will never end. There will always be a disappointment. We're putting our life on hold for, we won't serve God until that next opportunity comes. So I just want to encourage you to serve God wholeheartedly right now with the people he's given you, with the family he's given you, with the church he's given you, um, because that's truly all we have. And there's so much more joy that comes from living presently in the moment, loving Mm -hmm. well, outpouring ourselves, than putting our life on hold and waiting for the next thing. That, That step I think is critical for people who are listening to this episode, who follow your stories and who are like, oh, but in the end, it all turned out great for them, right? Like she ended up adopting and now her life is full or she ended up getting married when she thought she wouldn't. So for you to share that, like there will still be disappointments. You've had three miscarriages since then and and you still have to make that choice to serve God right now. And so I think that's important for everyone listening that you might hear some victories and that's beautiful but there are still disappointments coming. And so you can't just say like, oh, well, it all worked out for them and it's not yes, working out exactly. for me. Yeah. yeah, I know. I know. I think that's how I feel. Sometimes you read the book and you're like, well, that's all in the past, you know? And I will tell you when I wrote Not Part of the Plan with Kristen, I kind of felt like this is a good season. Like I like writing about the past and the hardships that have come, but we have Davy Jr. We're married. Life is so good. I had no idea, you know? Yeah. I thought, well, Kristen's, she's part of that small statistic of infertility or miscarriage, but probably not two sisters back to back in a row will struggle <laughs> with that. So mm-hmm. I just assumed that's probably not going to be my problem, especially um, with your so, mom having eight kids and not having did. She didn't have miscarriages, right? She had a few, few mixed oh, in. She did. OK, she yeah. just, you know, could always crank them out. And she had home births. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it was never that wasn't really the problem. That wasn't yeah. the struggle. So yeah. it's just it's so important. Like it's not a, an arrival, you know, this yeah. destination. It's this yeah. journey that's ongoing. And so. Um, you know, learning yep. these truths, embracing these, you know, four steps that ultimately we're going to give you will equip yep. you not only for today, but for the future, because it's something, so you know, it's a journey we're still mm-hmm. on. We are not, we haven't arrived. We're not perfect, but yep. I will tell you that these truths have changed our lives yep. and we are both like, this is what gives us hope. This is what enables mm-hmm. us to sit here with both of you mm-hmm. and have this conversation and not be, you know, totally broken and in yeah. despair because we know, mm-hmm. even though we both have unfulfilled yeah. longings and disappointments, we know that God has us here for a purpose. And today, I mean, just like today, what an opportunity to get to share with, you know, the dear young married couple community. I mean, that's a privilege and something to be grateful for. We're grateful you're sharing. You really are. All right. You guys ready to take us to the last step? Step four. Step four. Last step. Number four is keep your eyes focused on your future hope. Um, And what kind of how we open this last step in the book is we say disappointments as hard as they are, give us an opportunity to cling to Jesus. Like he is all we have in a weird sort of way. They become the very means to push us closer to what our soul needs most more of Jesus. And that has been so true for me. Um, keeping my eyes focused on my future hope in those moments, um, especially some of my lowest points after those miscarriages. Um, and then even the uncertainty in the adoption process, 
process. Like there's so many things that, that can go wrong. It's the middle of a pandemic mm. a year before Russia invades Ukraine. Like we had no idea that was coming. Like right. so many things. And, you know, for a lot of us, and I, I'm sure a lot of people listening, you just, you might have a feeling of weariness, mm. right? Weariness in the t- disappointments, weariness in the loss, weariness in the prayers every day, praying, praying, praying. They're never getting answered. I mean, I, even though we've adopted these two precious boys, there's still a longing in my heart to want to be able to get pregnant and have, sure. have a healthy pregnancy, um, to bear a biological children. Like that desire is still there. Yeah. Now, granted the joy of motherhood every day with my boys, like it's so wonderful and joyful that the the heaviness of the infertility doesn't feel as weighty as it used to, but there's still that longing. Um, sure. And so I, I know mm-hmm. that feeling of day after day praying and longing and going, Lord, like, are you hearing me? You know, people with chronic illness. I know you share, Bethany shares a lot about her migraines and like the ongoing struggle mm-hmm. with just chronic illnesses. And it can feel so weary, the brokenness of this world, the brokenness of our bodies, um, the sin that we encounter that for me remembering my future hope, remembering not only the here and now, my relationship with Christ, but the reality that scripture shows us um, from Genesis to revelation that this earth isn't all we have. It's not the end. There is a glorious day coming um, when all things are going to be made new, right? When God is going to wipe away all of these tears. And I just want to read this other um, quote. We quoted someone else in our book, but so beautiful, such an amazing picture for someone who is feeling weary in their disappointments. There is a day, an eternal day in the not too distant future when all disappointment will be taken away and when all things will not only be new, but will remain new. Every possible source of disappointment will be removed and all our hopes will be fulfilled. And obviously they're talking about this future day that we have in heaven with Mm. the Lord. And that reality has Mm. honestly brought so much comfort to my own heart in my weariness, in my praying day after day of Lord thank you that this isn't my home, Mm -hmm. that this isn't where I'm going to be for all of eternity, that these struggles, these unfulfilled longings, these unanswered prayers, this pain, this grief, this isn't going to last forever. That one day these tears will be taken away and my body Mm -hmm. will be made new. I will be fully 100% whole in Christ. And so that future hope, keeping your eyes focused and reminding your heart in those very moments of that future hope we have in Christ as believers, like that's where it ends for us. It ends in victory and we need to to remember that. And that just personally gives me so much hope, especially in those really down moments. That's so good. I feel I lo- like you girls are preaching. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Something that got me through some of the hardest times of my life was just a question I'd ask myself, do you really believe that what you believe is real? Mm-hmm. And if you really believe that this is not the end, like this is not our life here is not the wow. hope. The hope is yeah. to come. Um, if we really believe that, then it does take the sting out of suffering and death. Yes. Yep. So I, I, yeah, I resonate with what you're saying. It's so good. You guys, mm-hmm. your stories are just beautiful and they're still unfolding because mm-hmm. the author is still writing them. And yeah. I love hearing your perspectives on all of this. I love the perspective shifts that you've shared along mm-hmm. the way. And it's it's resonating with us. And I know it's resonating with people mm-hmm. listening. So thank you guys. Tell us where folks can find this book. If they're like, I've got to read that. That's my next morning devotional. <laughs> I mean, you have a devotional. This one's not technically yeah. a devotional. But tell us where folks can uh, find this book. 
Yeah. So they can just go to our website, girldefined.com slash trust. Um, they can get it directly there, or obviously you can get it. I mean, it's all over the world. So you can get it on any major bookseller. You can get the audio version. Um, you can get like the instant downloadable version. And we would nice. just love to connect with you and encourage you if you're listening and you're like, wow, I could use some more encouragement, mm-hmm. you know, follow along. We're pretty much, you know, at Girl Defined on any social media site on YouTube or our podcast, The Girl Defined Show. And it's just an honor to get to link arms mm-hmm. and just encourage you as you're striving to follow Christ because it's hard and the world isn't like, yes, go follow Jesus. It's very much the opposite. Our simple hearts are the opposite. Mm -hmm. So just it's, it's a privilege for us and something we find such great joy in. And I know not part of the plan, you know, the free in-depth study guide at the end of each chapter, it can be used as a devotional, just like you mentioned, you know, Carissa, it really can. So um, I small group study, small group. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Doing it with a, you know, another friend, a mentor, it would just be incredible. So I really encourage you to get, you know, get a copy and, and work through that and work through that study guide, especially. Yes. And you guys do small group studies on it, like on, on your, tell us about that. I know you just finished one. So I'm sure down the road, you'll have another one. Share a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, um, if you go to girldefined.com slash book club, you can actually see information specifically about not part of the plan and the book club that we just wrapped up. However, all eight of those episodes and the downloadable PDF guide will remain there. And so if anyone's listening and they're like, wow, I would love to read through this book on my own or with a friend while also listening to the podcast episodes that will walk me through different portions of the book and then get that free PDF download that will help you dig in a little deeper. And that can be a great resource at girldefined.com slash book club. Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay. And then maybe just briefly share the titles of your other books. So folks who are listening can also um, dig into that. You got to remember. Okay. The first one's easy because the first one's actually called Girl Defined. So the name of our ministry, um, God's Radical Design for Beauty, Femininity, and Identity, and just a book mm-hmm. all about biblical womanhood, yes. um, which I think is a topic that's more needed each and every day. So we love yep. that one. Yeah. And next one, Love Defined, Embracing God's Vision for Lasting love and satisfying relationships. I got it right. <laughs> that one's like, if you are single, if you are dating, if you're in that stage, cause I know, I mean, I'm sending people to dear young married couple all the time. And a lot of the people who follow us are single. So I know they're listening. Um, so if you are in the single or dating category, our book love to find is yeah. like the one for you. Yes. Yeah. And then the next book we wrote is called sex purity and the longings of a girl's heart, discovering the beauty and freedom of God defined sexuality. I would say that's by far the hardest one we wrote because we're mm-hmm. digging into God's design for sex and intimacy. Um, but for single and married women, when we yeah. wrote it, I, Kristen was married, Bethany was single. So we were able to bring this really great dynamic perspective yeah. of sexuality from, for single women. How should we yeah. think about this before marriage and then after marriage? Yeah. So it's just so a good. great, we dig into the nitty gritty topics that some Christians, not you guys, but you know, we'll shy away from like pornography <laughs> addiction or masturbation, erotica. Like how do we think about these things yep. mm-hmm. and biblical hope and truth? So yeah, you guys, don't shy away from it. It's so a helpful. Very good resource. Oh, y'all don't shy away from it. I mean, <laughs> I love y'all. I love y'all so much. <laughs> Which, yes, people need to listen to y'all's episode on our show, um, How to Prepare for Sex on Your Honeymoon with Adam and Carissa King over on the Girl to Find You, one of our most popular episodes mm-hmm. ever. So just a little plug to that. They were amazing. That was a fun one for sure. So and then our, you guys have a, um, yeah. a devotional as well. We do. Yes. yes. We have a devotional um, that's just released last year as well, and it's called Shine 
Divine Bright, 60 Days to Becoming a Girl Defined by God. And we always say, you know, it's not God's word, but it points you to God's word. And it really helps you know, as a modern woman living in our day and age where it's hard to navigate, like, what does it mean to be a woman of God? Um, This devotional Shine Bright takes you on a 60 day journey of just unpacking relevant Mm -hmm. scripture that really helps you to know how to live today as a woman Mm -hmm. of God and how to build that relationship with him. Mm-hmm. This seems to be an amazing resource too for a mother and a daughter to go through as a devotion. Oh yeah, like, oh, yeah for Do sure. you guys have a lot of that? Like mother-daughter duos doing yes. it? Yes. And you know, some moms will ask us even about some of our other books, like yeah. Sex, Purity, and the Longings of a Girl's Heart. Like, you know, my daughter's 12, 13. You think she's old enough? And we're like, listen, she has <laughs> questions. She sees magazines at the grocery store. Trust me, her That's friends are talking right. about it. Like, yes. it's so great for her to receive a biblical yes. worldview, even yes. at a young age, so she can start filtering what she's hearing from the world through truth. So yes, mm-hmm. we recommend all yes. of our books for mother daughter duos. I know. Yes. I remember um, a mother came up to me one time and she was like, yeah, so I took my three daughters through your book, Sex, Purity, and the Longings of Girl's Heart. And we got to some of the discussion questions and I was feeling like embarrassed, but you know, <laughs> the questions were there. So we just started talking about them. And she was so amazed to see that these were questions her daughters were asking. I mean, That's I know, right. know yes. you talk about this and you have incredible resources on this, but it's just yeah. important to know, like, you know, if you are, um, you know, mom listening and you're like, wow, I do have daughters. Like, you know, even if it feels awkward, like be willing mm-hmm. to have those conversations and you don't have to ask the questions. We ask them for you. So you can there blame you it go. on us. Yep. Blame us on the awkward yep. questions, you know? <laughs> it's all there written out so for helpful. you. Yeah. yeah. You guys, I love your resources. And folks, if you're listening, like rewind this and listen to them again, share each of these resources. We'll link it in the show notes as well. So you can just go click it and get it, get all of it. Especially if you have girls, Girl Defined is a hub for you. So thank you, Kristen and Bethany. We're going to close out the podcast episode like we close out all of our episodes. Yeah. So rewind to your uh, first year of marriage and fill in the blank, dear young married couple, with the advice you wish you would have received. That was a long time ago for you. (laughs) Yeah, I know. How long have you been married? Actually amending that and starting to ask people, okay, like go back to a time that was difficult. There you go. Yeah. And give yourself the advice. (laughs) You go first. Okay. This is going to seem random, but I would say, dear young married couple, um, one thing I wished we had really worked on early in our marriage was um, budgeting and financial planning. So my husband is actually a financial planner, but we were really bad at our personal budget (laughs) for the first year of our marriage, first few years. And it caused a lot of stress in our marriage. So I'm going to give a shameless plug to an app that I get no money or any affiliate link to at all, but it's called YNAB. Y-N-A-B, you need a budget. And it has been life changing for our marriage. And I just wish going back, one of the biggest stressors could have been easily avoided if we had Mm. just had a good plan and a good budget, Mm -hmm. honestly. (laughs) They passed that on to us. So Dave and I had a very good start with YNAB (laughs) from the beginning. So that wasn't our stressor. Um, But I would say, dear young married couple, um, and I've said this many times, but just enjoy, you know, I would get so bent out of shape, like stress, like, oh, why didn't he do this? Why didn't he do that you know rather than just like wow this is a journey this is the very beginning just enjoy getting to know each other and learning how to live together learning how to love each other like don't get so bent out of shape if he didn't notice that your glass was empty and you didn't refill it right away and he doesn't even love you anymore you know it's like oh my goodness you know we can just get a little crazy so just relax and enjoy a little bit and you know I think that especially if you're listening to this podcast you're intentional you want to learn you want to grow um so I think it'll it'll come together. So just, just enjoy each other. That's so good. There's a long journey to oneness. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. 
Yep. The whole lifetime of your marriage is that journey to oneness. I'm realizing that now, 14 oh, years in. Yeah. Oh, you guys, thank you. Thank this has you been guys incredible. So much. You guys are awesome. Aw, thank you. This yes. is awesome. Thank you guys. We love y'all so much. Keep up the great work. All right, friends. We really hope that you got a ton out of today's conversation. And if you want help, if you want personal guidance with individual counseling or couples counseling, or even help with you as a couple reaching the goals you have, just reach out. Give us a call at 916-678-1797 or shoot us an email at hello at dearyoungmarriedcouple.com. No matter where you are in the world or in your marriage, we can set up a counseling session with you and we can work toward progress. We also post marriage advice regularly on our Instagram, which is at Dear Young Married Couple. And we'd love for you to join us in conversation there. All right. See you next week. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.